0: Welcome to the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Do me a favor, don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, leave a five-star review. I'm Johnny Venerable, joined here on a football Friday by Bo Brock and the great Frank Sanders, a.k.a. Speedo Jackson. Gentlemen, how are we doing? (laughs) Speedo's doing good, brother.
1: Man, we're doing great. Speedo Jackson, is that like Southeast Jerome, Clinton Portis's alter ego? Is that Frank Sanders' alter ego as well?
2: It's one of them. It's one of them, my man. It's one I indoctrinated. There's a great story behind Speedo Jackson. Uh, I I can share it, Johnny. You want me to give it to him right now? Oh, yeah, do it. it. Do it. up. All right. Well, Bo, you're new to the show, so what I would normally do is sometimes uh, my alias is Speedo Jackson because uh, I'm sitting at a bar, and I don't want anyone to know I'm Frank Sanders. So, I'm in my alias outfit. There are several spots that are around the valley on the east side or well, south side of Awatuki and some areas in Tempe that I go by Speedo Jackson when I'm at the bar because I don't want anybody buying shots for Frank Sanders. I don't want anybody going ham at the bar with Frank Sanders. I want them to enjoy themselves. So, we can just, I can enjoy myself. You can enjoy yourself. And um, I am Speedo Jackson. So, they say, How do you get Jackson? I say, My. You know, I go, hee, hee, and then I say my dad was fast. That's how I get Speedo, last name Jackson, first name Speedo. And so that's my bar name, and if you anytime want to catch a drink with me, we will never be ourselves. You must have an alias to sit at the bar with me because it makes no sense to get in trouble under your your name.
0: I I love Love that story. A.K.A. Speedo Jackson. can never get enough of that story, Mr. Sanders.
1: It's gonna to be tough on the draft party at the Ainsworth if you're if you're gonna deny that you're the great Frank Sanders and Spe- is Speedo Jackson. He's gonna go. You're gonna go into a phone booth and come out as Speedo Jackson or Frank you're Sanders.
2: Not at Ainsworth. I'm all. I'm at the office. I'm with the peeps. I'm in the regalia, DraftKings Sportsbook, and I'm rocking the hat. I'm PHNX 100%. And we always have our PHNX hats. Am I right or wrong?
0: Can't wait. I mean, yeah. We hope so. Hopefully nobody pulls an an April Fool's on us uh, at our draft party at the Ainsworth, which is Thursday, April 28th. More information to come. Uh, Hopefully we're not sitting around looking like fools waiting for our hats. And speaking of April Fool's, today is April Fool's, gentlemen, and we thought it would be very poetic, very on-brand today to talk about some of the biggest fool acquisitions or the most foolish acquisitions made by this beloved franchise, this Cardinal franchise of the past years, uh, 10 years, I should say, the past decade. Uh, and there's some been quality moves made by this specific administration, Chandler Jones, DeAndre Hopkins. But, Mr. Bo Brock, there have been uh, a lot of head scratchers, to say the <laughs> least. And you want to kick us off with one of the most foolish in recent memory.
1: I, I mean, I don't think you can get away from this. I think 2018, as far as the quarterback room, you probably got two people that had this franchise fooled. And their receipts, like social media, Twitter is, is filled with receipts where people believed in this. And the signing of Sam Bradford, the biggest thief in NFL history, Frank. This guy made $130 million in his career. He made more money than Tony Romo in his football career, and I don't know what he really has to show for it. Three magical games here in the desert playing for the Arizona Cardinals before Josh Rosen took over for the rest of the season. I think that was the biggest full job this organization has done because it was after the B.A. era. It was Carson Ballmer who played the position at a high level for a couple seasons when he was healthy, and then you had Sam Bradford come in there, and people are like, oh, this guy could be a bridge quarterback. He could do it. And he couldn't even get it stay on the field. He didn't want to stay on the field. He,
2: he, wanted, he wanted no part of that action. Just like uh, this guy, has, he's had nothing but repeated injuries from the time he left the college football rankings over at Oklahoma. They thought he was good. He got hurt at Oklahoma a multitude of times. Then, it, then someone said, let's draft him and pay him a lot of money up front, which unfortunately changed Cam Newton's coming out party. <laughs> he thought he was going to be dressed up with a lot of money, but they changed the rookie contract at that time because of what happened with Sam Bradford, and so therefore, uh the Cardinals getting him and bringing him into this organization was not a good pick or a good decision, and I don't know who thought this guy had anything left in the, t- left in the tank besides an opportunity to cash in, like you said.
0: I think it was Steve Keim trying to double down on broken quarterbacks. He got Carson Palmer once upon a time for you know, six round pick. And he's like, I can do the same thing with Sam Bradford. The problem is Bradford was never the player Palmer was, even though they were both first overall picks and he had Bruce Arians, uh, Steve Wilkes and Sam Bradford, you know, God bless him. Just, just a disaster waiting to happen. And then you couple that with Mike McCoy uh, and another quarterback uh, that we're going to talk about momentarily. But I remember that off season, th- $20 million was a lot of money in 2018 oh, yeah. for a quarterback. Now you're probably thinking to yourself, well, Jimmy G makes 27, right? Some of these quarterbacks are, are making in the 30s and then the 40s, the elite players. But, I mean, that cap hit, even for one year, was huge. And I think that was the Cardinals' way of, like, courting Sam Bradford, saying, hey, Sam, come be our quarterback. We know you have options. And for Minnesota, I think, like, the year before, two years before, he had, like, 20 TDs to five picks, but – uh, that his inability to move in the pocket and the offensive line or what was left of it it was just a disaster and i remember that that opening game bo against maybe washington yep. where he played alex smith head to head and the cardinals were just completely uncompetitive ah uh, lackadaisical and it starts with the quarterback position say what you want you know people have issues with kyler murray's leadership Kyler Murray gets his teammates enthused because of how electrifying he is with with the football in his hands, and you feel like you've got a chance to score every offensive possession. When Cardinal players saw Sam Bradford trot out onto the field, (laughs) series after series, possession after possession, and they couldn't even get a first down, I I, it just kind of encapsulated that entire season in 2018. They were on the field for five minutes that first
1: half, um, and the, the game was over. Going into the locker room, Sam Bradford. He looked like even though he's getting paid handsomely, he was like, I, I don't want to be here. I'm scared. I don't want to take another hit. I don't want to have to do another rehab. I don't want to feel that pain. And uh, it, it lasted a, a, another game and a half. And then they put remember, they put Josh Rosen in that game in week three against that Bears defense with Khalil Mack. And Sam Bradford became a turnover machine. Couldn't hold on to the football. Sammy fumbles all of a sudden. And uh, Josh Rosen's put in with what, like three minutes left in the game. And again, yeah. the Arizona Cardinals could win. And I just remember that was just like everything fell apart. Steve Wilkes pulls David Johnson at one point because he missed an assignment and they had a young Chase Edmonds making a play in that game. It was just a disaster. And I think you can't even get away from the 2018 quarterback room and not feel fooled by trading up for the 10th overall pick and taking Josh Rosen out of
0: UCLA. Yep. That's where I was going with with my selection, and uh, I could tell you how I felt about it at the time, but I think I'd rather show you. The Oakland Raiders have traded the tip pick to the Arizona Cardinals. With the tip pick in the 2018 NFL draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Josh, Josh Rosen. Hey, the, 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 the look look. Yes! Hey, the, the lifts on the bottom are above or quicker than the one on top. It was called championships! Woo! <laughs> championships.
2: Uh, well, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> hold up. <laughs> you can, the, the Honest A? The Draft Board? Uh, the it's basically members. my
0: that was my dunce cap in retrospect. That was my fool hat in retrospect. So I was hosting a draft party at my house uh, and... Lot to lot to unpack from that video. Uh, oh, uh Rosen was my was my unpack. number two quarterback in that draft behind Sam Darnold. Uh coincidentally, I just disastrous results. But I love Rosen. Uh I thought he was gonna be the second coming of Troy Aikman. Um, and he was not. But that night I stayed up till maybe four a.m. watching UCLA highlights from his his last year. My father is in that video, um, and he is dejected. Because yes. he wanted Lamar Jackson and he thought we were going to trade up for Lamar Jackson. He does not let me hear the end of it to this day. Uh, so dad, if you're listening, I apologize once again, but I was just I was thrilled. Uh, I thought we would finally hit the jackpot. Poor Josh, man. I I won't say we set him up for failure long term because if he was he was really something special, like he would have gone on and caught on with San Francisco or Tampa or somebody like that with really strong coaching staffs offensively. That's I mean, it's the biggest bust in modern draft history outside of like a Jamarcus Russell, and the fact that, I mean, the Cardinals thankfully didn't give up the farm, they didn't give up multiple firsts, but they did give up a third and a fifth. I was convinced. I was I was 100 percent convinced, no matter who the coaching staff was, and I was excited when Cliff got hired, I thought that was a perfect pairing for him. Um, I was wrong on Josh Rose and that I was I was made a fool.
1: I thought, I thought Abraham Lincoln couldn't tell a lie. And here we are. Here we are. What can you even say? What can you even say?
2: What a bad moment, man. You know, a bad
1: Mike Tirico, who covers the team, he's reported on the team for over twenty years. He said the Cardinals were never in on Lamar. Like they didn't, they didn't like him as a quarterback I at all. That. So I, I mean, and it's you look back at that draft, and I mean Baker Mayfield's on his way out, number one overall pick, and that Darnold, as you mentioned, he was highly touted but the two studs in that draft were i mean you could flip it i mean josh allen and lamar jackson were the real deal and everybody else was just a couple guys it was
2: a sad moment to me because i thought lamar jackson would have he would have he brought some electric, something different to the program to what this team needed he, he had legs on he had legs that would have definitely helped out an offensive line that was pretty beat up and not really good at all and uh again what we do we drop josh Rosen. he sits in the pocket he gets beats up he gets beat up and the following, the following year behind that, we get a kid that's got legs and and can uh, can move the pocket a little bit. So, I guess at the end of the day, thank you for drafting Josh Rosen because he got a chance to be in the NFL and it just never panned out. But in reality, we end up getting Calum Murray because we sucked so bad that year that we had no choice but to have the first overall pick in the next draft coming up. So, thank you for drafting Josh Rosen. That's 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 real foresight. Be Bro, that's real foresight when you can grab the crystal ball and turn right. it around and look on the backside of it and see a year ahead of itself and say, if we tank this year without our right. number one overall, we'll be hella good the following three years after that and maybe for the next five or six years.
1: I'd love to give the Cardinals the benefit of the doubt there with that kind of foresight. Now, they have some slick frames that you've got on right now, kind of having that vision, that 2020 vision. Um, more mistakes, more fool foolish moves by the Arizona Cardinals. I, I think... You can't get away, guys, from Andy Isabella, I mean, who turned out to be who Josh Rosen, that pick, was traded for to Miami for. And, I mean, this was Cliff Kingsbury's guy. I was just watching video before we cracked the mics today of Cliff Kingsbury just basically throwing a party in the war room saying, this guy's going to make an impact right now. He's Mm -hmm. my dude. He got on the phone. He he was overcome with excitement talking to Izzy, and
0: it just never – it hasn't panned out. Which is why I don't think you can hold it against Steve Kime. Steve could put his foot down, but if, if you want your GM to be to empower his head coach, and think about where Steve was at this, at this point in time. like He was having a eat crow on Josh Rosen, so he just taken Kyler Murray. Now he's got Kyler Murray's biggest advocate in, in um, Cliff Kingsbury. And so Cliff now wants to double down. He's like, give me my little air raid receiver that I need, that I desperately need. Okay, and, and it's not like that pick— at the time, I didn't like the pick. Um, a lot of people didn't like it, but I mean, for the most part, he went in the draft where he was supposed to go. Isabella mm-hmm. dominated the Senior Bowl, had a really strong combine, and was a, was a late second, early third round prospect. And so I, you know, I warmed up to the pick after the fact. I thought DK Metcalf was a lot of like a lot of these other combine guys who lack of production in the SEC. You blow up the combine, he's more of an athlete than a football player. Clearly, that was not the case. But you could have sold that to me as a bill of goods. And, you know, A.J. Brown and, and these Debo Samuel, they went many, many picks before Isabella. But now looking back at it, Bo, you hit the nail on the head. Like, Isabella is synonymous with Rosen because that was the pick that was dealt. So until Isabella, I believe, has moved off of this franchise, that that memory will always haunt Cardinal fans. And, of course, having D.K. Metcalf in your division to terrorize you for these past three seasons does not help either. But, Frank, from a receiver standpoint, I mean, why, why do you feel like Isabella just hasn't been successful at the NFL level?
2: I think, he, you know, when he got here, one of the things that did did not help him was he got hurt. And then he then he had COVID behind that. And the COVID situation, he got it, got away from it, came back. But it took him a little time before he became that. Um, unfortunately, it just has not panned out and then. Then we go back the following year, and we get another kid that's got more speed, more elusiveness, more power. You know, and I think that I'm um, not going to be another another side note is that I think that the offense just does not fit uh, that type of person. Our offense is to stretch the ball down the field. It is not a underneath throwing the ball. It is it's quarterback throwing the ball over the top. Air raid means air raid, not just these little dinking, dunk, pop. You know, these the spot and pop these guys in, on these little short routes. It was that that was not the case, and um, so. I don't know why Cliff was so excited about him when it does not fit his system. And he and he has not shown that in none of the receivers that he has right now. We've had Christian Kirk, who's who's agile and very quick, and you can get the ball to him in his hands pretty fast and he can make things move. They just sat there with, uh, with, with, with Rondell Moore, and we have not done that yet. So to have to be so excited about Andy Isabella, I saw his highlight tapes. And if we, we can do both, go back and watch Andy Isabella and watch Rondell Moore and be just as excited about these guys and what their potential future will be but unfortunately, our offensive system does not fit those guys per se.
1: Any other uh, honorable mentions as we wrap up Foolish Moves oh, to Cardinals? I mean,
2: can I say Kimdichie? Uh, yeah. Robert, Robert yeah. uh defensive tackle out of the SEC, Mississippi State. Am I wrong? Oh uh, Miss. Miss. Ole Miss, just Ole Miss. a total 100% bust. Like, did he ever play a down in the record season?
0: He did, sparingly. Man um
2: just what the heck talking about
0: wasting god-given talent and Whoa. just being a freak in nature and i'll I'll never forget when Ole miss upset bama that year i think bama won the national championship whenever that was 2016 um and he dominated them he dominated nick saban for four quarters and i i, I didn't dislike the pick because i thought okay if if this guy figures it out the next right. level head on his shoulders like Talents on an issue, and I'm always gonna roll the dice on talent. But I mean, he, his parents. I mean, he was. It's come out like he was spoiled as a child. Didn't he have like a a pet, you know, tiger or something? Like he, he never really had to work hard out of with the football. Hotel room. He fell yeah. out of a hotel
1: room because he was he was uh high on was it spice? What was yeah. it? He had some
2: mask thing on. my I wrong? Some yeah. mask thing he had on some. That He's, was
1: uh, uh, that was his that was his teammate Laramie Tunsil right before the draft. Yes. He, he, yes. Had,
0: he had the gas mask bong. Do you think that because of the fact Kim was such a bust for them, they just staunchly opposed from drafting oldness players that you know two years later with AJ Brown and 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 um DK Metcalf? I wonder if there's some truth to that. Like we got burned so badly by this program. Um, and you really shouldn't operate that way, but I could see that, and it's part of the reason I think that. Maybe, you know, they, they're, they're going to go away from small school guys like Isabella because they've gotten burned by small school guys recently. I, to me, I, I think that you could put some merit on the fact that they they didn't want D.K. Metcalf because they, they took a player from Old Miss just two years prior, and it was such a disaster. It was such a disaster.
2: That, that's something to look at in, in, in hindsight. That is definitely something to look at.
0: What about I, Chad Williams in 2017? I wrote down today. You, I don't think he ever played. A down for this team. Now there's a third round pick, but it was a they third
1: round pick that never went yeah, to the Combine.
2: They were high on him based upon his speed and what they thought they saw behind closed doors. That that's not necessarily on you say times, but it, this is what happens in the war room. There's there's tons of scouts and I always say god bless the guy that is arguing for a Bo Brock or a Johnny Vernable that's in the meeting room or the talking heads and they're sitting there looking at a vision board or a draft board that has what six hundred something names or three hundred something names of players that can potentially draft? They have those that we need and the wants, and those that are the top picks. But God bless you, you the guy that someone's arguing, saying, "Hey, this guy Chad Williams has. He's he's six foot three. He's got speed. He's just coming from a small school. He's not in a situation where they're throwing the ball a lot." But I see a lot of upside in this guy. That's the guy we want to talk to. That that was pitching him to Steve and really arguing because sometimes you can't be a soft voice. In a draft board room, you have to believe in what you believe in, and I, you know you have, you have to really extrapolate the points that point of emphasis on why you think this guy's going to be good to that team. They brought him in here, but unfortunately, he was a bust. So if I'm, I'm with you, Johnny, on that. If they go away from guys from small schools and they just don't, they have not, they've been burnt enough that they, that they shouldn't believe in it. Then, I mean, I can argue, I, I can see that, I can see that being a point that needs to be made too as well.
1: And there was a guy the next round that they took at guard, Dorian Johnson out of Pittsburgh that
0: literally never made, he didn't even make the team Had health issues. Right. Yeah. Like I had a, a blood clot or something, something going on where, and again, like you get to day three and I'll give you some, you know, you miss on Hakeem Butler. Like Hakeem Butler was going in the fourth round. You have the top pick for a reason. Like his upside was great. I don't get, I don't care if you miss on a guy on day three, those are lottery tickets upon lottery tickets. But when they were drafting just complete no names uh, in the second and third round, uh, who's the, who's the corner that they took? Brandon Williams, who was a running back that they tried to convert. It was that same draft. The only thing that saved the 2016 draft was they they had enough sense. They traded the second round pick for Chandler Jones. But they coupled the Kimdichi pick in 2016 with Brandon Williams, a running back converted uh, to corner. Um, mm. And he just, I think that was kind just getting way too cute. He's like, I hit on David Johnson. I hit on John Brown. Like, look at these other small school guys. That's, that's thinking you're smarter than the room. And it, I think it carried over for a couple more years. That's why I've just been a staunch advocate for this team, drafting elite players from power five schools, from teams that get into the final four that are in the top 10. Like, just, you, you know, Hassan Redick notwithstanding, because they played him out of position, like, Anytime this 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 squad goes small school recently it has not worked out well. I agree
2: with that. Logan Thomas, how about Logan Thomas? Bryant Johnson. Somebody said Matt Lina, Beanie Wells, Michael Floyd.
0: How about those guys? Can, can we talk about the Bryant Johnson situation um, <laughs> in two? What was that? Two thousand three. So you have a player, in Terrell Suggs, that is a local product that wants to play for you when your franchise really has never been lower before the new stadium was built. He is advocating you have two first round picks. He's like, please Cardinals. I want to be a Cardinal. I want to play here. They not only don't take him, they take another pass rusher in in Calvin Pace, who um, doesn't do anything for you. And then you let him go and he goes and has a productive year with the jets. That, Mm -hmm. that I think was one of the lowest points. That 2003 draft where you have two firsts, Brian Johnson and Calvin Pace, and then you basically bought him out the next year and you're gifted Fitzgerald. But Terrell Suggs, man, always wanted to be a Cardinal. Then they brought him back for the retirement tour and didn't go well either.
2: Hey, Bo, you see that crystal ball again, how he stuck <laughs> in 2003? They flipped and they got Larry Fitz. Come on, man. There you
0: go. <laughs> coming up.
2: K- is a magician. I will stink a year. I go get some guys. I bring them in. They're gonna sell, we're gonna flip the ball, and then in the back end, we're gonna get somebody that you're really gonna love. Larry Fitz, Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury. Gotta be happy about that.
0: You <laughs> agree with this, Bo? Pick and spread says I will say this ever since the 2019 draft, we've been a lot better at drafting than before. Byron Murphy, Kyler Murray, Zach Allen, they, Jalen Thompson's been fantastic. Isaiah, lucky foe to Rondell Moore, fourth rounder, Marco Wilson. I I would agree with this, but. I mean, you're basically going from – you're building from the ground up. And yeah, a lot of those picks are early up. picks. Put that okay. back
1: up. Kyler, Oklahoma. Byron, Washington. Zach Allen, B.C. Jalen Thompson, Washington State. Simmons, Clemson. Rondell, Purdue. Fo two is even Utah. And Marco from Florida. Those are all big school
0: guys. They're all power five guys. There you go. Tremend- I mean, tremendous. Be- tremendous point. You know who's not on that list? Andy Isabella. ask. <laughs> <You mess. laughs> And you know what? I, I will say this for yeah, Steve. If this is if this is what he's trying to achieve, by the way, uh our first round pick from Tulsa isn't on this list from, from last year, but uh we digress there. Um if this is the the new formula for success for Kyman Company is to build through the draft with power five elite level players, like I'm okay with that because the sustainability factor is huge. Like they don't have to worry about safety for the next five years because they've decided to just draft two mere, two premier safety products in Jalen Thompson and Buda Baker where they have concerns are receiver where they took an Isabella right once upon a time where they played Christian Kirk out of position so you look at like the positions where they've missed on and it's it's pretty easy to see why like DJ Humphreys came around once upon a time because he was a top prospect out of Florida right and you look at of course Kyler Murray You know, dominating teams left and right at the collegiate level into the final four, had, you know, Alabama on the ropes in the second half of that final four game. I just, it, it, if we try to make sense of it, it makes sense for you. Mark, Mark, uh, Marco Wilson was a top prospect that probably would have been a day two pick. Wouldn't you say so? Had he not thrown his shoe, and then that's the kind of flyer you take uh, on, on day three of the draft. It's like, I want the athlete, I don't want to, I don't want an overachiever unless you combine it with the fact that he dominated a power five school. That makes sense. I mean,
1: the Kendiche thing is I think he had too many red flags and he slipped for a reason and teams were scared to take him in the first round and time that's where, you know, that's it's the difference, but the difference too, was you said, that's a day three pick. That's where you kind of, you take those, those hail Marys. That's where you can take a guy like honey badger where you talk about the complete polar opposite of a foolish deal. They took the chance on Tyra Matthew and it worked out well for this franchise and him too. He's still playing in a league at the high level. Sure he's not signed anywhere, but uh you know he was he was a definite hit for Steve Kyman crew.
0: I got a question on on uh, Twitter that it's not in the chat but I wanted to bring it up to both you guys. Calais Campbell letting mm-hmm. him walk uh several years back then of course going to jacksonville in the running for defensive player of the year now they ran a different system and 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 frank you pointed that this out before is calais was probably underutilized as a five technique and then eventually got to play the four three end a little bit and defensive tackle uh is kind of where he flourished late in his career
2: i agree with you i think that uh Calais is Calais would be a good fit in a lot of systems if you wanted somebody to come in and just, you know, bull rush the passer and at least take up some space. The Cardinals did a good job with him. I think that at the time they let him go, his money on the table was just too much for him. And again, I think it was, I think it came to like a million dollar difference mm-hmm. on him deciding to be here or go to Jacksonville. It wasn't a whole bunch of money that was on the table, but I, I don't think the Cardinals missed him by that much, but it was just enough if that was if that was the thing that you know he felt like he needed to do. And made a decision. Um, you are thinking about bringing him back? Because I know you said he's on the market. You
0: want him back, don't you, John? Thirty, he's thirty-six. You want 36. him, him oh, John? I don't. But you want I him mean, back. I'm indifferent about that. That doesn't move the needle for me.
1: <laughs> I mean, it would be a good. I think it'd be a savvy late off-season move by Steve Kime if that's if it's still available to him. I mean, watching Baltimore just whiff and whiff and whiff on players, uh, they might probably just try to bring Clayes back. But he was good against the run. He was good about getting the passer. I think what role
0: he would need to play for the Arizona Cardinals, he would be a good fit. Lots of, lots of misses, right? I hope all of you right now, uh, as you prepare for the final four this weekend, tomorrow, do not miss on your picks via the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I want to remind all college basketball fans, join the action during the biggest tournament of the year. It's crazy. We, we conclude final four this weekend. Next week's the last week of the NBA regular season. The Suns, there's not a better time to be on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and, and turn your attention to the team's biggest victory of the year. Uh, if they win, you win, utilizing that promo code PHNX, bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets. It's that simple. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays, Combine multiple bets from the same game for an even bigger payout the more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And Best of all, you can deposit, withdraw your cash whenever you want. It's a call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use that promo code PHNX, bet $5, and win $200 in free bets if they win. Uh, 21 and over, Arizona-only gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, new customer-only, minimum $5 deposit, eligibility restrictions apply. see DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details, my DraftKings pick of the week gentlemen do like the duke blue devils to cover minus four because i do believe the tournament is rigged in his favor uh that being coach k in his final tournament run i've lost too much money betting against them at this point i'd like to come out on the profitable end Uh, i also want to remind everybody right now on the phnx merchandise locker check out these bad boys the phnx hats are here live and in living color they are fantastic they are $29.99, well worth it. We, the, the gentlemen here on this podcast are still waiting for our, our hats. I believe, Frank, you don't have a hat yet, do you?
2: No, I do not have a hat yet. I have a DNVR hat that's the white and black I was in Denver one year, with, one week with Saul and got me a DNVR hat that looked like the white with the black tip. But I'm looking for hours in the PHNX
0: crew. They're fresh, man. Uh, if we can get these before we uh, head out to the Ainsworth at the end of February, at February April four the draft party on April 28th. Uh, they will be the envy of everyone there. You can get those at PHNX Merchandise Locker. You can also become a member at gophnx.com for just under 60 bucks for the year. Support a free T-shirt from our locker. If you do so, uh, if you want to dip your toe in, $0.50 cents for the first month, eight ninety nine for the subsequent months. All good things. Uh, Mr. Bo Brock, perfect transition here. As Kiro is asking, thoughts on the players Vance Joseph was scouting today. Yeah, they were uh,
1: the Cardinals were double duty today at a couple pro days, and we talk about the Power Five conference. At least one of those, I, I know Houston they're making the jump to the Big Twelve, aren't they? But they, they I count they-
0: them, I count them as as basically a Power Five school. All
1: right, all right, that's fair. Uh, but they were out there. Vance Joseph was in attendance of the Cougars, and then you had three personnel from the Cardinals at Kentucky at their pro day, who have a trio of prospects that are very intriguing for the Arizona Cardinals. But I want to really get into our guy. Uh, Frank Sanders, his expertise because Wandale Robinson at Kentucky, that's not where Vance Joseph was, but they had those three guys out there watching Kentucky work out for their pro day. They got a big defensive end and Josh Pascal. You've got Darian Kennard, who's a guard, who's probably just on the fringe. He's a top 100 prospect, but Wandale Robinson, just a slot king, Frank. How would he fit with a guy like Rondell Moore? Do you mess with that? Do you look at that? Do you just try to find playmakers? Or do you stay away from that and try to empower the guys in your building? (laughs) Come on, Speedo.
2: Well, we've done this three years in a row. We've gotten three years in a row. We've gone after Christian Kirk, who's five foot, 10, 11. We've gone after, we've got Andy Isabella, who's five foot, yeah. And we've gone after, and we got Rondell Moore sitting in the building, who we have not yet even discovered. Now we're talking about a Rondell, Mr. Robinson out of Kentucky, that will add to our flavor. Our offensive system, unless there's something that Cliff is doing behind scenes that I'm not 100 percent sure of, I'm 100 percent concerned that they're putting themselves out there looking at this guy. I mean, we need tall, we need big, we need agile receivers that can get up and down the field, that can, you know, that can catch a lot of Hail Murray, Hail Mary, Hail Murray footballs, because that's what he does consistently. I'm only concerned about that because we haven't even scratched the service, Rondell. So when I see Correct. when I when I when I'm starting to when I'm starting to have those questions, Bo, this is the only thing that, that happens to me. I start to wonder then, we already know where Andy Isabella at, is, where he's at when it comes to his performance on the football field. Are we already questioning the second-round draft pick that is supposed to be explosive in all ma- mannerisms of, of Steve Smith, and then yet we haven't even really seen him. So we're going to go get somebody to bring another small guy in, and we're trying to figure that out. And that, to me, is it's, 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 it's blowing my mind. It's baffling. Rondell can do putt returns and kick returns. He has the speed and the agility to do all those things. And so I'm concerned in that manner. I'm concerned. So that must mean that Rondell, the pass that we would have given him, we're setting all of our last year's second-round receivers up for for question marks. That's why we drafted Andy Isabella. We questioned Christian Kirk. That's why we drafted Rondell Moore because we questioned Andy Isabella. And now we're we're in a position where I feel like we're going to put a big, fat question mark on – on Rondell Moore, if, we, if this guy becomes a, a top a top prospect for us right now, in the
0: game. yeah, I'm with Frank. Uh, I like Rondell Robinson. It even sounds like Rondell, um, but just not for the Cardinals. Uh, and he dominated the hardest conference in college football. That's already a notch in, in his competitive advantage over Rondell Moore, who played in the Big Ten and then missed most of his last season at Purdue. Um, so this guy, I mean, he's a ready-made slot receiver at the NFL. Uh, level, I think for the most part, the general consensus is he's going to be a third round pick. Now we've seen receivers get overdrafted before, but he's an underneath guy. I, I, I feel like right now you, you have to just see what you have with, with what's in house underneath. And if you're taking a wide out, he better be able to play the wide to uh, DeAndre Hopkins X. Uh, it doesn't mean you force it with a guy who's a lesser prospect than say Robinson, but like Traylon Burks, for instance, like, He's an outside receiver. I feel like, for the most part, I know people think he can play. He's an outside guy to me. Drake London's an outside guy. I think both of the the players from Ohio State, specifically Chris Olave, is an outside guy. I don't even think Garrett Wilson's going to sniff the Cardinals at twenty three. I, I need somebody with some size. I even so, if you if you want to take the kid from Georgia based on projections at the next level because the production's not there, I'm okay with that too. I mean that that's DK Metcalf all over again. So. I, at the end of the day, like this team cannot get caught up. in because if you, if you're not, if you're taking Robinson in the second or third round and you, and you say this guy is going to be a playmaker for us from day one, like where does the ball go then what's Rondell, what's his snaps look like? I've seen this too many times. Like there is a spot to be had outside opposite Hopkins today. That is not filled. It's not filled by AJ green or Julio Jones or Odell Beckham. It's vacant for a reason inside underneath I mean, you could say Isabella. I, let's just contextualize it. They have three starting receivers. One of them is an all-pro as an X receiver. One of them is their Z with Rondell Moore. Who is the Y? We have to find the Y, right? And drafting somebody like Robinson doesn't help that. It only only confuses the rest of us. I feel like I'm listening to Tony Robbins.
1: You gotta, you have to find your Y. The Arizona Cardinals have to find their Y as well. And uh, it's not Wandell, unfortunately. This is not an indictment of the kid, too. I love him. This is just this is a cardinal thing. This is a cardinal sure. thing. He's he's five eight. He's five eight. You're gonna have two of your your foundational receivers that you're gonna move forward with your five ten quarterback. I mean, you guys you're gonna lose. I know it's football. You're not playing pickup basketball, but it's you can't build a tr- a, a football power with a bunch of guys and they're six feet tall. Um, let. Let's talk about some bigger guys. We talked about yeah. Calais Campbell, right? And, and get back to VJ being in Houston and at their pro day because there's a couple intriguing prospects for the Cougars as well, including a top 50 D-line prospect, Logan Hall. He's versatile. He's Frank, he's six foot six, 283. He's got some beef. He looks a little bit like when I watch him on tape. He looks, I don't I don't want to say JJ Watt because that's 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 very nice to a guy who's not even a first-round pick. I think Zach Allen, maybe when I watch him. I think he can kind of – he's pretty shifty. He can play inside. He can play outside. If you're looking at pick number 55, I think it's a good fit for the Cardinals.
2: I agree with you. We need body. We need somebody big and somebody that can get they, – they can, they, can, they can stretch their wingspan out there, man, and, and reach and grab some tackles when they're trying to pull, or guards when they're trying to pull, and let our linebackers run through those seams. That would be nice to have. Anybody that could have a, 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 some statue with some wiggle, I'd take them in a heartbeat. Uh, especially if you say they come from a school that's got a little dog in them. You say you watch them. what was what was the, what was one of some of the biggest things about JJ that made him great? He had a great motor, had a great engine man on himself. He was able to play different positions. He was solid at he was solid at, at the punch, and then he could get off and move move guys around. If this if if Logan can do the same thing and he looks like he could do that, we need bodies in the middle, uh, whether they be young or veterans. But if he got that, he got a little bit of nastiness in him like JJ with a little leadership, I take that.
0: The Cardinals just need young athletic bodies up front on the defensive line. And the rotational aspect, I think, will help somebody like J.J. over the course of 17 games in a season. J.J. Watt, he's a phenomenal player and a person, and he's going in the Hall of Fame. But entering year 33-34 next year cannot be expected to play 90-plus percent of the snaps. He will not last. Um, You know, Zach Allen, the opposite end, now he's going into the fourth year. It's a contract year. I think we expect him to do big things. I got big question marks on the two defensive tackles that they took in the fourth round once upon a time, Rashad Lawrence and, and Leckie Foto. Actually, Michael Dogby might be the best of the, uh, the rotational developmental defensive tackles. All this to say that's a glaring need. And the problem with that is you're going to have to probably spend a pick on a second or third round defensive lineman from a developmental standpoint, because I just don't think the value is going to be there in the first round outside of maybe the kid or two from Georgia's defensive line. I, I, to me, I would almost try to double dip if you could, if you're able to trade down, accumulate more picks, and take two defensive linemen, a three technique, a traditional nose, and a five technique. That's what the Cardinals need to do. Because, again, I it's, it's the opposite approach with what we saw with Xavier Collins and Jordan Hicks last year, and to a lesser extent, Isaiah Simmons the year before. Like, in advance, Joseph's defense, like, Jordan Hicks doesn't leave the field, right? He plays 90-plus percent of the snaps. At least the defensive lineman, he will rotate guys, if, especially if they can show they can play. And you just need bodies on the defensive line. So I'm all for that. I know I've been adamant, like, stop giving Vance Joseph high picks and then not letting them play. I think the caveat to that is defensive line, defensive tackles, because, number one, guys like Watt need breaks, and, number two, you just need rotational guys. I think that's a safe space to play in if you're Vance.
1: There's a uh, well-respected football mind that is, as the Arizona Cardinals roster stands right now, ranking them very high as far as the NFC goes. I'll tell you who that is. Uh, But we have a new partner to tell you about in the house. We're excited to welcome OG's brands into the PHNX family. Johnny Frank OG's is one of Arizona's first original scratch-made cannabis kitchens and is dedicated to creating innovative and memorable cannabis-infused products that flavor life's journey quality of their products stem from the combination of accurate dosing and amazing flavors edibles are not one size fits all product believe me do i know that which is why ogs is proud to offer a wide range of products for all demographics and all preferences welcome to the phnx sports cardinals family
0: ogs ogs and frank's the og so perfect
2: we're not talking about the ice, the cream, the icings, the dice. We're talking about OGS. You said cannabis.
0: Yes, I did. Yes, sir. Bless you. Gamble, gambling, bless you, cannabis. So. Bless you. Sweet gear, and we're gonna talk vaccines later. All the all the bases covered
2: here on this show,
0: on this right. podcast.
2: April fools.
0: <laughs> no, did
2: y'all try to get me? Is that uh, a joke?
0: No. For so new sponsor. There are supposedly free samples of some kind, either merchandise or otherwise, at the office. And Saul said, first come, first serve. So head Speed on over up. to Phoenix and, and get yourself some. And you guys get yourself some. Oh, going
2: And be slow, Jackson, in a minute here. Slow drag, Jackson, in a minute. <laughs>
0: And also,
1: let me tell you, children five and older eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine, the vaccine is the best tool we have to reduce the chances of getting sick. The vaccine can reduce the risk of being hospitalized or dying from the disease. Safe, free, and highly effective vaccines are available throughout Arizona. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. So Rich Eisen on his radio show, nationally syndicated radio show today, was breaking down the NFC. I think he had Jason Light, former Arizona Cardinals front office uh, exec, on the phone, and he was, you know, obviously the Tampa Bay Buccaneers GM now, and uh, they've been obviously hot topic this week with BA stepping down and moving to the front office, and Todd Bowles getting that head coach job, uh, very well deserved. But Eisen kind of had an impromptu NFC power rankings, and the Arizona Cardinals. I think a lot of people will be excited to see that they checked in at fifth. And if seven teams make the postseason, that's good news for the Arizona Cardinals. Bucks at one, as you can see here on the on the graphic. Follow us on YouTube, PHNX Sports. Bucks one, Rams two, Packers three, Niners four, Cardinals five. Now, you can breathe a sigh of relief that there's only two NFC West teams ahead of them, not three, because the Seahawks, they're just going to be a punching bag this season. But uh, as it stands, I mean, this is pre-draft. So people, as down as people are about this offseason, Cardinals still in the thick of things as far as the NFC goes.
0: Yeah. And I, in any other division, you know, they're the co-favorites to win the division or, you know, a firm contender, but in the NFC West, only the NFC West, well, a caveat in the NFC, the AFC West, different animal. They could come in third in their own division, but still be fifth in the NFC. And we saw three NFC West teams make the playoffs last year. And it Cardinals were in first place throughout the course of the season you know, at 10 and two and had multiple ample chances to win the division. They did not, as we all know and, and, and suffered through together. Uh, and then you had the lesser two teams for most of the year in San Francisco and the LA Rams playing the NFC title game. So I think that's fair. Um, and I also think it speaks to kind of Kyme and Michael Bidwell's strategy here in the off season. Like let's wait out a lot of these teams. The NFC South is a hot mess disaster dumpster fire outside of Tampa Bay. They, there are multiple teams that do not have quarterbacks. The Saints lost their head coach. I don't expect any of those teams to be relevant. The NFC East now I think will be a little bit more improved. I'm a big Philadelphia guy. I think that you know their, their picks, assuming they hit on them, could make them quick contenders in that division. I think Dallas is due for a step back. And then you, and you look at the North. Like What are the Packers now without Devontae Adams? Second year with Dan Campbell. Minnesota's got a new coach. What what the hell you know is, is happening in Chicago. They've got a, their roster. Like the Cardinals are a playoff team today. And I think we lose sight of that because we're nitpicking the lack of moves in free agency, but that, that gives us good clarity, I think. April Fools. No, <laughs> it's not April Fools. Hey, April Fool's.
2: You crazy you're talking about a playoff team today. You see that roster
0: we got in there? You see that look D-ry at the rest of the NFC. You're you're oh, in my. by
2: association. Well, I guess I guess you have to accept that then. We're in, in by association. I'm surprised at that, though. I really am. I'm surprised that the Cowboys aren't a top pick who has, I mean, stud stud receivers right now, ready to go, a, a running back, or two running backs potentially. That's that's on the table, and a quarterback that's a leader, along with a, a hell of a really good front. Pretty, they got four or five guys on that defensive front that could that that makes a lot of noise. So, or just the whole defense as a whole that we that we jump them that fast. Uh, I'm just gonna have to just be quiet on that, Bo, because I felt like I just got April fooled right there, big time. For us to know. be,
1: man, no, embrace the debate, my friend. I mean, if you think yes. that the Cardinals, <laughs> I mean, the, the the good thing here is, as we as it stands on April Fool's Day, April first, the Arizona Cardinals are fifth in the NFC, and they really haven't made a significant addition to this roster. They've taken a couple L's as Chandler Jones exits to the Raiders, and and Christian Kirk goes to the Jaguars but you know they maintain a quarter of their points scored with with Ertz and with James Conner the points that they put back on the roster all those 18 touchdowns between uh, or 18 touchdowns from Conner and then you had three from Ertz and then you get DeAndre Hopkins back i think what this team is trying to do is they're trying to get back to where they were at the 10 and 2 mark obviously they don't i don't think they're ignorant or uh, oblivious to how things ended but when you look at the teams on this ahead of them on the rankings, the Cardinals are the only team that really hasn't done anything. And I think that they will make a move eventually. And they could they can move up these rankings
0: potentially. For those of you who want to bitch and complain about Kyler Murray's offseason and the contract he's supposedly demanding, this is a ranking outside of the Niners because their culture has been ingratiated as they're competitive because their top-end talent, their coaching has been fantastic, right? As much as I hate to, to have a love affair with Kyle Shanahan. Like they're an outlier at number four. <laughs> this is just a new ranking of the NFC wow. quarterbacks. And that's who's getting in the playoffs. You remove Kyler Murray from the Cardinals. They are not a playoff team, easily not a playoff team. So you look at, okay, Brady Rogers Stafford, right. Or the hierarchy in some order in the NFC. And then it's like, who's the fourth best quarterback right now? It's Kyler Murray. Right. So of course the Cardinals have to be included. Now you could, you can push back and, Kirk Cousins and I'm sure Minnesota is like a a fringe playoff team to a lot of people. And we'll see second year from Justin Fields, but like, that's about it. So I I think it just speaks to the fact that like Vegas is just going to look, the NFC is depleted. Most of the good players have gone to the AFC. Cardinals still have a top 10 quarterback and Kyler Murray. They're a playoff team. You take Kyler Murray off of this team. They are a top 10 team drafting, not a top 10 team, but a top 10 team drafting. So if I'm Kyman company, like, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting back on my hands. I'm letting free agency come to me. I'm, I'm gearing up toward the draft, but, like, make no mistake, and I love Hopkins and Buda Baker and James Conner and Zach Ertz and all these guys. They don't matter one iota if the Cardinals do not have number one under center or in shotgun, I should say.
1: Good call. Are they, uh, Frank, are they a playoff team as you see them right now? I, I, this is a safe place. This is a this is a mess. This is a, we, we can all talk honestly here. <laughs>
0: yeah sure yeah who would make so, it in the nfc over them no, if they bro, if they bro, didn't your, make it there's seven bro. spots now
2: <laughs> your points are valid. but we're we're one disaster away from probably not even looking drafting probably in the top 10 next year we're one no Kyler murray like you said and that's probably true. if, if d hop's not there i don't know exactly what's going on because we
0: but isn't we, that the biggest supporting document or supporting statement you could have to pay Kyler. Murray. It's like you lose agree. Kyler Murray. You're screwed. Whereas the Niners, they lose Jimmy G. It's like, okay, we got yeah, Trey Lance right. or we can, we can, we can hold down the fort for a little while. You lose Kyler Murray. I'd be anxious to see if we get a shark from Vegas to come on and basically give us a, a, a projected win total for the Cardinals. Cause it's, we've talked about it earlier this week. It's sitting at nine, nine and a half. Like you lose Kyler. What is that number? Four, five,
1: but, but if you give him, if you get a playmaker opposite DeAndre Hopkins in the draft, you add some glue guys in the middle, you fill in those gaps. I think what they, they're fully capable of doing, you can be in call me naive for believing in Steve Kine for that. But I think that when you look at this roster, you've got Kyler at, at the quarterback position. And, and if he can do what everybody believes he can do this, you know, the sky's the limit for this team. And you've got DeAndre Hopkins. At wide receiver. You've got James Conner at running back. You've got the the offensive line, Rodney Hudson. You've got uh, on the defensive side, you've got players. It feels like in every facet of this roster, you just need to maybe create some depth. And that's where they lacked last season. If they can create depth between now and September, they're going to be in good shape.
2: I like it. You got, I'm convinced. I got sold. I mean, I was I was definitely... When I looked at his roster. I had one eye closed. I was like, "Man, hey, I'm squinting to find talent, and I didn't see it." Now you guys just sold me. If I kept Kyler and I got D. hops back healthy, I can I can see clearly now. it yeah, is gone I'm better now. Would
0: Before you I gentlemen was- say that that ranking is much more sway to the Cardinals and team, and you know media looking at their offense? Because I feel like that's that's an offensive heavy ranking because they they've lost most people on the outside believe Chandler Jones was their best defensive player. Um, I I, I happen to think it's Buddha Baker, just a little bit more consistent, but you lose Chandler Jones, like, and you're still fifth in the NFC, you know, hierarchy, fifth or sixth, depending on what you want to do. I feel like that's most teams just saying that Cardinals just are too talented offensively.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've seen what this defense can look like without Chandler Jones before, and they, they finished, you know, fine. As far as sack totals, they, they actually played very well, albeit with Hassan Reddick in the, in the lineup. But I think Steve Kine believes he can find pass rush from elsewhere and not have to break the bank, you know, 17 and a half million dollars that Chandler Jones got. So uh, we'll see. I mean, can can he kind of dial it back a little bit? Can he go find that Jonathan Abraham of the 2022 offseason? Can he find that Dwight Freeney, of the 2022 offseason and kind of wring that washcloth out of whatever player it is, of that little talent that might be left? And get to the quarterback like five and a half six they don't need a guy to be double digit sacks guys they just need somebody to be to join the rotation they i mean if they give 12 million dollars to dennis gardek he's not just going to be playing teams he's going to be a guy coming off of a season he returned from uh knee surgery they, they're going to put him back in the pass rush rotation i'm not saying he's going to he's going to have like the success he had in 2020 but they expect him to get to the quarterback
2: i agree i look for i look for him mean, this is uh you guys convinced me just I was, I was, look, I told you I was off the boat. I was hanging on, but I was hanging on to the flag in the back end of the ship while we just, just on the rail. I'm just, I'm just waving in, all the water splashing in my face. But Johnny, you guys, you brought me home. I'm, I can see us being, I can see us being the top five. If we get, if we get the pieces back, I, I'll, I agree with that. We do need some, we need some help. And hopefully that, uh, there's a game plan in suit that we will be able to see come to pass. And while we making it happen, I'm, I'm um, I'm about to, oof, got me scared over. I thought it was April Fool's Day.
0: Now, I appreciate you buying what we're selling. Um, I think it's thin
1: ice, right?
0: I mean, I feel like they're, they're walking
1: on thin ice the way that things are constructed. I mean, like you, they're, they're a player away in, in every spot, too, going down to where things become very tough to operate. Hey, you know, Kyler, man,
0: Kiro, Kyler Murray plays 17 games next year. I think they make the playoffs. Hey,
2: Kiro said right. something, and I think this is, this is apropos. You guys, look, check it out. He said, what about the schedule? Yeah. I mean, when you look at our schedule, you know, this, this schedule is demolishing. If Colin Murray, this is something he brings up to the table. If, if, if Colin Murray gets this roster to the playoffs, man, that, we need to extend them easily. But when you look at our roster, you guys, you just look at our schedule. It's, uh, it's not an easy one just to pass up on considering what we have as a talent right now on our team.
0: A lot of good stuff, gentlemen. I want to remind everybody: be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Monday will mark the debut of former Arizona Cardinal running back Damian Anderson, who is joining PHNX Cardinals uh, with our little fan family here that we're they're cultivating. We love the support. Uh, we love the energy from everybody out there. We appreciate the support. We put a bow on Mr. Bo first week, which is I feel like you've been with us for for weeks now for months now it's just become such a natural thing but to have you on the show it's been a blast it's flown by even though yeah you're right it's, it felt
1: like we've uh, been doing a months worth of shows but we're just comfortable together me you speedo jackson we're a big happy family and we're excited to bring da to the fold on
0: monday everybody make sure have a great weekend for bo brock for frank sanders i'm johnny venerable again check us out go phnx sports on YouTube. We'll see you after this weekend. Take care, everybody.